Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am so excited that you guys are here with us. God has a dynamic word he wants to give to you today. So we hope that you are comfortable, you have your uh, apparatus, whatever it is that you take your notes with. God is doing a tremendous, tremendous thing, and we just want you to be a part of it. We want to thank all of you who are constant and consistent uh, supporters of TRC, and we also want to thank all of the people who are a part of this church. Today, the Lord is sharing some things uh, that I believe is going to help us all because it is simplistic in its nature. It is something that I believe that will help us all, you know, so we just want you to um, be ready to hear with your inner ear. The Bible says, he that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I also want to say to the TRC church, you guys are the best church in the world. I thank you so much just for your support. I thank you for your kindness and your and, and your uh, your random acts of kindness. I thank you for your diligence. You guys are second to none. So we thank you once again for being a part of our ministry and a part of our church. And you that are listening to us through YouTube or Facebook, if you want to be a part of one of the best churches in the world. What makes us the best church in the world? The spirit of God. Amen. It's not the size. It's not the nursery. It's not the children's ministry. It is the spirit of God. And if you need anything in this last day, it is to hear from God. The Bible says on a continual basis, he that have an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. So get ready this morning to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. I honestly believe this is something that is going to help your life, something that is going to change your life, something that is going to enhance your life, and more importantly, something that is going to equip your life. Praise God. So without any further ado, let's jump right on into the word of God. Be sharp in your hearing. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. And if you are iron, you will be sharpened. If you are tin, you will be cut. Oh, praise God. <laughs> Amen. So let us get ready to hear from God. This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject of the principle of order. The principle of order. Guys, I'm telling you, this is something that God is speaking to me about in my own life. So uh, I never will forget Bishop has always encouraged us. He said, whatever God says to you, you feed the people. And this is something he's talking about because we're living in a world right now that is disorderly. If you haven't noticed, we are living in a world right now where people don't like structure. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Structure is not something that works as long as you agree with it. Structure is a rule, a regulation, guidelines that you follow. About the situation. Are you listening? And we are living in a law right now where people structure. There's something right now, and I want you to realize this about structure and about order. First of all, let's go to this part, the principle of order. What is a principle? 
What is a principle? A principle is a fundamental truth that serves as the foundation for a system of belief. A fundamental truth that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior. Now, I can tell you this right now, no matter whether you are living in truth or you're living in error, it is the foundation for your belief system and how you go about life. Are you listening? I remember before I, I got saved, before, you know, BC, if you will, and I had some fundamental truths, but they were only my truths. Like you're listening and I lived in those truths. I lived in what I thought was right And you know, the Bible says there is a way to seem it right unto man But in the end it leads to destruction and I can tell you I for one was on the front seat going on to Destruction with my fundamental truths. So what do we do about this? What we do about it is we find out first and foremost what is the highest level of truth? You know as well as I do, the Bible says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So this is the thing that we have to adapt to. We have to learn how to live according to his fundamental truths, which can become the foundation of your lives. When you don't, you will mix and match. You will one size fit all. And you will begin to live a life that makes you feel good, a one that you are satisfied by, but it's not governed by fundamental truths of the gospel. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And we see this all over the body of Christ, all over the world. People are at odds with God. They are at odds with truth. I saw an interview with a man and they was talking about ideology. And the truth of this was, is that he could not stand to hear the word truth. Because as soon as the word truth was mentioned, he said, whose truth? See, you first have to honor God as the ultimate source of truth before you can receive the ultimate source of truth. Anytime you have a truth that's higher than God's, it can be considered as idolatry. So, what is the definition of order? The definition of order is the accurate arrangement of things. The accurate arrangement of things. Now, we can have things in line, but they might not be accurate. When priority is somewhere else, we will find that we will place our priorities on the things that we desire. We place them on the things that feel good to us the things that benefit us but when you are going according to the word of God then order is defined as the accurate see you have to realize that back in the, back in the garden of uh, Eden in Genesis God told man God said to him he said I want you to keep and protect this garden and at that point man was spirit According to uh, Genesis 1.26, he was made in the similitude and made in the exact duplication of kind to God's spirit. He had a soul, which is made up, if you will, your mind and your emotion, your ability to choose and his emotions. So what happened was as soon as man began to see a truth 
higher than God's truth, he got out of arrangement. And then he started following self. His spirit died and his soul was tainted. Are you listening? So now what do we do? We are looking now to reposition and put ourselves back in the place of the accurate arrangement of things. This is why the Bible says over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. You present your body. You give your body. You yield your body. You submit your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God which is a reasonable service. And be not conform to this world but be ye transformed back to the accurate arrangement of things that's what the world will do for you it will rearrange your priorities and so it comes with growth I don't want you to feel bad if you're not there because like Paul and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament Paul said it this way Paul said not that I have arrived. Not that I have arrived. So he was basically saying, I have not yet gotten to that place that I can say I'm totally mature, that I have no error. Not that I have arrived. So none of us have arrived. So no matter where you are, don't allow condemnation to come in. The Bible says, according to Romans, the 8th chapter and verse 1, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh. Did you realize that based off of that scripture alone, when you walk after the flesh, you will live a life of condemnation. Now, the problem with that is, is people now cannot tell the difference between condemnation and conviction. See, you have to have the word of God to define what is conviction. Conviction is the Holy Spirit telling you like your warning light on your car. Something is out of order. That's conviction. Condemnation is after you find out it's out of order, you don't have the ability or the willfulness to correct it. That's condemnation. So what is order it is the accurate arrangement of things now let's see what disorder does this can help you identify disorder in your life in your finances in your career in your relationship this will help you identify when disorder tries to creep itself in why disorder it disrupts it distracts it delays and it destroys this is what disorder does because when things are out of whack you cannot progress any further because disorder comes in to shake up your world and shut you down that's why disorder comes that's why it is a common uh consensus across the world that this is opposed to god why because a house divided against itself cannot stand you know, Paul said it on the Mount of Carmel with the 400 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets that sat at Jezebel's table. He said, how long halt ye between two opinions? And when you are between two opinions, it, it may, it's representative of James, the first chapter, where the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men liberally and upbraid and not, and it shall be given. But listen, listen. But let him ask in faith and nothing wavering. Here you got two opposites. 
faith and something wavering. For he that wavered is like the waves of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Now here is the kicker. Let not that man or woman think they can receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. Have you ever noticed that when you want to commit to God, there is always a thought that will come forward to challenge your walk with God, to challenge your progress with God. You want to pray, you pray in 10 minutes. You want to pray 15 minutes. You don't have time to do that. You got to go to the grocery store. You know, there's always something that comes to challenge that thing to keep you teeter-tottering between two opinions, knowing it will cause your prayer life to become sterile. Did you get that? A lot of people are waiting on God, and God is just waiting on them to become committed. Are you, are you listening? I'm telling you what I know. Listen, I have been on the other side. I've been in the drug houses. I've been out here in the world and partying. I've been out here doing all of this crazy stuff. You didn't get a preacher who came from cemetery, I mean seminary. You didn't get one like that. You got one that came straight out of the world, jacked up, tore up from the floor, up, needed a checkup from the neck up. That's what you got. And I had to take the word of God and get rid of that junk in my life because I couldn't do it by myself. And if you are trying to do it by yourself, I can tell you right now, you will never, ever succeed because your greatest desire will never overcome your bad habits. Amen. Are you listening? If you could do it without God, why would you need him? We are all in this world and we all have had a damaged soul. Will, mind, or emotion. Somewhere you've had a damaged soul. Your will was damaged. Because to follow God, you had to will to. Remember what Jesus said? Not my will, but thy will. You was willing to give it to him. Are you listening? So your mind, Romans said, renew it because it was damaged. And we got our priorities out of place. And we didn't know. We, we developed an identity crisis. That's why you see people right now and uh, that don't know who they are. And it's, it's, it's really, really bad now. I remember in, uh, back in the day, back in the 80s, I remember Michael Jackson winning like eight um, Grammys in one night. And then on the street, you will see a lot of people dressed up like Michael Jackson. They ceased to be who they are and they wanted to be someone else. It happens even now after that era. Your favorite person, you might want to look and be and act like someone else. What you have done is you have abandoned your own assignment. You have abandoned your own life in order to try to live someone else's life. You can't do that because even in an automobile, there's only one steering wheel. Why are you going to let somebody else drive your car while you become a rider? You were born unique. You were born different. Why you want to die a copy? But it takes courage to say, I am who I am. Now, don't establish that truth if you jacked up. No, I am right now something else. <laughs> and I need to be something else. Like, you might be selling shoes, but you were supposed to be a fireman. Are you listening? The anointing is on being a fireman. You could be a teacher. But you are out here, man, with one of those, and there's nothing wrong with this because it's honest living, but you're out here on the street with one of those flags telling people, 
go this lane right here. You know, but you're supposed to be a teacher. Are you listening? There's a whole lot of Michael Jordans that never shot a basketball because they did not nurture their gifts. So let's get back here to uh, what this order does. One thing about order, order increases productivity. I remember my wife at one point began to go through our house and began to, she got on this thing where she was just watching and feeding her spirit with organization. And she went through our house and started using stuff like these little bins and all of this stuff, putting stuff in. It got stuff off the table. It got stuff off the, you know how that is. You walk through the house, it like an old museum. You know what I'm saying? Like an old museum. The stuff is not even current. It's just there. And she would go in there and she said, we got to get rid of this old museum. And she started putting stuff in the bins and it cleaned up everything. That's why today the most popular design of a house is an open room concept. Because people don't want to feel claustrophobic. They want to be able to breathe. Do you follow what I'm saying? So, so when you your life is like that, and many times you can tell how close claustrophobic your spirit is because your life has so much stuff going on and half of it is unnecessary. It's like the analogy I like to use about the man who got out, got in a boat, and he started dragging stuff to the boat. He was bringing, man, a Nintendo and a PS5. He was bringing in, man, big fruit snacks. He was bringing in all kinds of stuff, a big old big screen TV. He was bringing in uh, a radio. He was bringing all of this stuff. But when he got out in the middle of the ocean and the storm ensued, and a storm will ensue in your life, this man was faced with a life or death situation. What did he do? He started prioritizing. He said, I got a PS5. Why do I need this Nintendo? I'm not going to play it. He threw it overboard. I got apples and fruit. Why have I got these fruit snacks? They're unnecessary. They're weighing me down. Water is getting in my boat. Let me ask you a question, guys. Is water in your boat? Remember the disciples when they was out in the water and the Bible says they looked around and the storm began to come forward and beat vehemently against that boat. And now the boat was now filled. They were not afraid of the water that was around them. They couldn't even see land and they were not afraid. But they got afraid when a couple of gallons got in their boat. That's how we are. We are okay. We are fine. As long as the water is out there. But you watch how people respond and how they react when you get a couple of buckets in the boat with you. And the Bible says they saw this as a horrific situation and they went back and woke Jesus up. And the first thing they did was the same thing we do. Careth not that we that we perish. Jesus, don't you care about me? I know you say you see everything. I know you say you hear everything. You're omniscient. You're omnipresent. You know, you, you know all of this stuff. You, you, you're uh, omnipotent. All of these things you know, and this is your characteristic, but I'm sitting over here struggling with my light bill. Don't you know that? People talking about putting me out. Where are you? Don't you know that? So that's what we do. We go to Jesus. We wake him up. And we say, don't you see the stuff that's going on in my life? Don't you see the trash I'm dealing with? Don't you care? Jesus said, I do care. 
I care so much that before that stuff happened and before that water got in your boat, I told you, let us go to the other side, but you have forgotten that. Where are you right now? Did you forget his command? Did you forget what he told you? You know, life has a way of stealing your dreams. Life is a dream stealer. When you was a kid, some of you that could sing saw yourself on a huge stage with thousands upon thousands of people listening to you as you sing. And then as you got older, you know, you ask some little, little boys, what do you want to be? I want to be an astronaut. Big dreams. Why? Because they did not have enough information to resist those dreams. But as you go in life, little by little, a brick at a time is removed from your dream until now it's no longer uh, a realistic goal. Now you're walking in unrealistic expectations. And not only will people you know tell you that it's unrealistic, People you love will tell you it's unrealistic. Remember, one steering wheel in the car. Don't allow someone else to drive you down No Dream Boulevard. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? So order increases productivity. And that's what I was saying about the, the baskets. When you set structure and you set order, you can increase your speed. Anybody un understanding what I'm saying? Now, let me show you something because we serve a God of order. The God we serve is a God of order. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And I hope you are getting blessed by the word of God. Genesis 1. And then I hope that this word is thought-provoking. I hope it challenges you to be able to see you know, I began, like I said, to look at my life, and this is B.C. before Jesus came, and I start seeing what God said. Remember Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? It's not our job to bash anybody for what they believe. It's our job to point them to the mirror so they can see it. See, because as long as you see it and they don't see it, you can talk until you blue in the face. Your job is to say, look, Here's the mirror, not my mirror. Here's God's mirror, I'm just saying, and, and walk on and move on. Your job is not to try to convince somebody that they don't look as good as you. Can I get one amen here? Praise God. So Genesis chapter one, let's look at verse one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, here's the condition of the earth when God created and he began to uh, alter the way this was. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Now, what I want you to understand here is the first act of the Holy Spirit was to create order. The Bible says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep chaos in your life right now is there anything that you can identify as chaotic is there anything that robs you of your peace is there anything that keeps you from sleeping at night 
Is there anything from get, keeping you from looking in the mirror uh, at, during the day? Is there anything that bothers you subconsciously when you all by yourself? See, the earth was without form. What is form? The Bible says that God saved us so we can be conformed to the image of his son. That's why he saved us. So we can be conformed to the image of his son. Now he said, be not conformed unto this world, but I want you to be formed and conformed to the image of my son. Well, who is his son? According to St. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same that was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was the life. And the life was the light of man. The light shined in the darkness. And the darkness did not understand it. It could not comprehend it. And verse 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, for the Father full of grace and truth. So what is basically saying to us is God saved us to be conformed to the image of his word. If the word and his son are one and the same, he conformed us to look like Jesus. That's why so many people are turned off with the church, because we don't look like Jesus. We don't live like Jesus. We don't act like Jesus. We don't forgive like Jesus. We don't love like Jesus. We just... The church as a whole, I'm not talking about this church because we ain't having it here. <laughs> but the church as a whole has no fruit that looks like God. We don't love on people. We don't care about people. We are not transparent to people. We don't look like Jesus. And the Bible, listen to what Jesus said. Oh, this is hot off the press. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. In other words, when you look like Jesus, I'll draw people to you. When you don't look like Jesus, I will keep them away from you. Amen. Jesus even went as far as to rebuke the scribes and Pharisees. And this is the condition of the church today. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You can pass land and sea to make one proselyte or to make one protege. And when he is made, you make him twofold the child of hell as you are and I'm not sending you anybody talking about in my name he said you better go sit down somewhere you don't look like me you don't act like me you don't love like me see we try to beat people into submission but the Bible says it is the goodness of the Lord that will lead men to repentance it's when you good like that are you listening? It's when you got it like that. Instead of looking at people and they come in and then you're like, you ain't dressed like me. You don't act like me. You don't look like me. So guess what? You stay over there out of the way. You don't, you don't look like Jesus either. You don't look like Jesus. Don't nobody want to talk to you anyway. <laughs> Y'all listen to what I'm saying. I'm trying to be nice, but that's the truth. See, you got to understand in the last days, the Bible said that there will be a that would be a scenario that would be going on. The wheat and tares would be growing together and they do look alike. They say everything I like. They say, give it on unto my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is first in my life. The pastor, the deacon, bold, the first lady. They, they, they say that God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. 
They say that, but they're wheat and tares. And the only difference between a wheat and a tear is a wheat has a seed on the inside that will cause it the higher it grow, the more it will bow over in humility. See, the seed, the weight is at the top. And the higher it grows, the more gravity takes a place and bows it over. And if you are a born-again believer and you just like this right here, say, watch out, you're tear. <laughs> are you follow? Are you trying to judge me? No, I'm just judging the word. I'm just telling you that's what we have to watch out for. Are you listening? So let me move on. The first act of the Holy Spirit was to create order. The Bible says darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Holy Spirit was moving upon the darkness of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit went forward to create light, which in essence created order, created structure. He put order to a chaotic world. He put order. That was That's why God is a God of, 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 of order. You can just look. The Bible says everything the Holy Spirit does is decently and in order he is a god of order and when we start taking on his characteristics we start developing order that is one innate uh characteristic that you will begin you know you hear all the people in the world say that boy act and look just like his dad <laughs> well when you start looking like god you will have those innate characteristics you will just automatically start acting like god Okay, I, I heard you, you two. Three people said amen. Praise God. Let's move right on. So he created order. Now, here's another thing that I want you to understand as far as being able to walk in order and be more effectively uh, walking in order. Is that the Bible says that when God created and he, and he caused order to come forward, listen to what he said. He said, and God saw what he had done, and God saw the light, and it was good. God divided light from the darkness. He created structure, and he said, it is good. One thing about God you have to know is God always assess his work. We should assess our work. At the end of the day, you should ask yourself, did I do my best today? Is there something I could have done differently today that I didn't do? See, God looked back and said, what I did, I, you know, it's good. I like it. We need to come to a place where at the end of the day, before you lie down, you ask yourself today, did I purposely offend someone? Did I walk in the will of God? Did I love like Jesus? Little things that will begin to happen in the natural, such as how you hang up your clothes in the closet. We're able to start affecting those things. How you put your, your stuff on the shelf. It, it will begin to affect natural things because, see, we try to go straight to the spirit. And that's, that's not realistic. Are you listening? Nothing flawed is ever mass produced. You need to know that God is never if you have error, if you have something that's flawed in your life, 
It might make you feel good. You might be happy about it, but God is never going to mass produce that. He only mass produced. See, God is such a God of order. He made sure that the atmosphere was right. Whenever he began to plant the crops, he made sure that they had oxygen. He made sure photosynthesis would work and it would kick out carbon dioxide. He, 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 he made sure that all of these, that water would water the earth. As a matter of fact, God created water over the top of the ground and he created water under the ground. The Bible says that when the flood came, it says that there was a, not only did it rain for those many nights, but the cisterns from beneath the earth began to release water. And so there was water coming up, and there was water coming down, and it flooded the earth. Do you know how long it would have took to flood the earth if it was just raining? God had that in place already. So God began, see, he knew under the ground the roots needed to be watered. God has a plan in place for your life, whether you know it or not. He's already put what you needed in place. But it's going to be up to you to walk in it. It's going to be up to you to trust him enough to say, God, I don't see it, but I will follow you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He's already got it worked out. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there have no temptation, test, or trial taking you, but such as common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted, test, or tried above that you are able, but he will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may successfully overcome it so god saw that it was good now you have to understand here nothing that is flawed is mass produced let me show you this here adam's irresponsibility because god told adam protect this garden i'm giving you a responsibility has god given you a responsibility maybe your responsibility is to win your family maybe your responsibility is to win people on your job maybe it is to win some of your closest friends maybe your responsibility is to win a friend remember the criteria the criteria is when you look like jesus he said i would draw all men to you you would become a people magnet people would just want to talk to you people would just need your wisdom why because you are an ambassador for christ did you get that you go to looking like him and you can begin to tell people. And see, that's why God draws people to us. And it's not so we can shine, but it's that we do the job that we are given to be ambassadors. An ambassador always points people to the origin or to their source. And we are to tell when people say, you know what? When they're laying off, you don't seem to be disturbed. I know you're going through trouble with your children, and you don't seem to be disturbed. I know that it's a financial crisis out here, but you don't seem to be disturbed. Why? Because God is your source and not your resource. God never told you to partake of the inflation in the world's economy. God has given us his own economy. And his economy is built on the precepts of sowing and reaping. His, 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 uh, uh, whole economic kingdom is built on the word of god and when we get over on that we might not understand everything but if you do it you will prosper the bible says when you trust in the word of god so shall your thoughts be established believe ye his prophets and so shall you prosper 
There is a way that God has sent. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So here, God, Adam's irresponsibility over the garden cost him the world. Listen to me something, guys. God will always give you a little piece of something to manage. I don't know whether it's just if you got a family, if you got children, if you got whatever, God will give you a little piece to manage. But that piece is the key to God giving you way much more. How you manage it will determine whether much more ever comes. Adam was given a little piece of the garden and God says, protect this garden, keep it. And because he was irresponsible over the garden, he lost authority over the world. And the Bible says, the first or second Corinthians chapter four and verse four, he turned around and gave it to Satan and Satan became the God of this world. Adam used to be, but he lost it because he was irresponsible with what God had given him. Have you ever had a job that didn't just suit your fancy? And because it didn't, you didn't try. You didn't do what was necessary to represent God. Nothing else ever came along. God wants you to, in all word or deed, do it as unto the Lord, knowing that you shall receive your reward of the Lord. Never grumble, murmur, and complain about a menial task or something you think is beneath you. Never do that because what you're doing is disqualifying yourself from ruling and reigning. You follow what I'm saying? Be faithful in that which is least, the Bible says. You'll be faithful in that which is much. How many hear me out here? So, 1 Corinthians, let's just look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. Look at this scripture. It says, how be it that which was not first, how be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and after that which is spiritual. God will always prove you with the natural. How you handle the natural. Do you realize if God tried to prove you with the spiritual, you can hurt a lot of people. So God tries to give you the natural. So no matter what you are doing in the house of God, no matter whether you think that it's beneath you, no matter whether you think that this is something that you could do with your eyes closed, always be very, very uh, uh, meticulous in everything that you do because God is only trying to set you up for something greater. But that which is natural coming first. Then that which is spiritual. I see people making shipwreck because they omit the natural and they go run for the shine of the spirit. And they are not equipped. The Bible says that that person would be considered a novice. And so don't allow a novice to go forward like that because they will fall into a snare and in the condemnation of the devil he will just overthrow them because they are not prepared are you listening to what i'm saying i'm almost done with this i just want to talk about how important it is to develop order in our lives order structure see here's another thing about order and structure order and structure protects you might tell your your kid you need to be in the house at 10 o'clock. 
and they might say, 10 o'clock, you playing. I'm old enough to hang out all night and do what? Now, I grant you, you can do stuff at 9 o'clock that you can do at 3 in the morning. <laughs> ain't, ain't no fool. <laughs> but I am saying that there is a greater crowd at 3 in the morning of, 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 of no do-gooders roaming around. Why? Because according to the scriptures, men love darkness because their deeds are evil. <laughs> Aren't you listening? So structure protects them. I had someone one time tell me, they said, you know what? I wish you was my parent. And I said, why? Because you just won't let me do anything I want to do. People want structure because structure says I care. Structure says I love you. Structure says I don't want anything just happening to you. And if you got kids right now, Make sure, give them structure. Don't just let them just do anything. Let them know that there is a wall you can't hit before you hit the one out there. You might get your knees skinned up in here. Out there, you could be annihilated. <laughs> Are you listening? Let's move right on. Anything flawed would not be reproduced because that which is natural come at first. Then that which is spiritual. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I'm bringing it, bringing it home. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, here is what I mean about if there are things in our lives that needs correcting, you have to understand that God is not going to anoint error. He's not going to anoint uh, something that is that, that is troublesome. He's not going to anoint that and increase that. God is wanting you to assess it so you know whether it was good or not. Now, here's the part about Jesus and Jesus after his resurrection. Many people don't know this, but uh, the Bible says, verse 5, that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Here's Jesus being seen by people that confirm his resurrection after he was supposed to be dead he was seen by cephas then he was seen by the 12. now look at verse 6 and that he was seen of about 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some are falling asleep or simply they're dead so right here we see if we were just to take the numbers that we got right now 563 people saw Jesus after Jesus was resurrected. But now what did Jesus tell them? And what is he saying to you? What is Jesus talking to you about YouTube, about your life and about what you have done or what you want to do and what he wants you to do? Jesus told them, go into Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. We got 563 people who saw Jesus, yet only 120 showed up. See, that lets me know that no matter how many amens we get in the church, everybody's not going to do it. Everybody should do it. Everybody can do it. But the thing about it is, people are going to choose not to do it. Are you following? He had 120 people who went and was endued with power from on high. And overnight, the church went from 120 
to 3,120 members overnight. Only because God was able to only multiply the people who obeyed him. This is serious. When he speaks something into your life, try to do it the best of your ability. Because when you do, God can place his anointing on it. And he can cause favor to be on your life. But now, some of those other ones were washed away. Some of them died. And they all had the same opportunity. Are you listening to what I'm saying? How we manage the natural things matter more than we think. Get up tomorrow with a new mindset. If Jesus spare your life, get up tomorrow and move toward order. Get up tomorrow and change one little thing. Listen, don't jump up tomorrow and say, I'm going to pray two hours in the spirit and then I'm going to go and do you. And I'm going to the nursery home. Uh, I mean, not nursery home. Well, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to the, the, the home for the elderly or assisted living or whatever. And I'm going to do all of that. You're going to do that for a half a day. Because as soon as you get lunch, you ain't going back. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You go get something to eat, you're going you, you're gonna to start nodding out. This is what I'm saying, guys. Start with something small. Rearrange your socks in the drawer. Rearrange your shoes. Take authority over your mail. <laughs> Y'all know. Everybody got one of those mail drawers. And, got, and you got stuff in there ain't even open. <laughs> you got an 84. <laughs> Are you listening? Start with one thing at a time. And begin to put things in order. And you will see that it will increase your productivity. You will see that life will become a little less hectic, a little less chaotic. And it gives you the opportunity to change some things on the fly. Only because you have created enough space to allow for interruptions. If you wait to the very last minute. They tell you your lights will be cut off at 5 o'clock on Friday and you wait to 4.35 and you try to get up there and then they got those people out there stopping folks and, and, and you know, doing road work and you trying your best to get to the bank. Now you mad with all of them. You mad with the people on the side of the road. You mad with the guy driving the big tractor. Only because you didn't allow time in order to get there and pay your light bill. And you will have to say, if this was on a Thursday, Friday, you will have to say, let there be light. <laughs> Are you listening? Only because you didn't make it. Let's stop waiting to all. And this is how people live. They wait until, listen to this, relative to bills, they wait till all the grace has run out. Let's not do that. Pick something out of your life. I'm going to change this. Because somewhere along the way, you don't know this, you will become addicted to structure. You will become addicted to order because when you start seeing yourself producing, you're going to get excited about it. You, you follow what I'm saying? Let's just, let's just try to do this, okay? Now, um, 
I'm closing. Somebody said, he said that. <laughs> he was seen of 500 people. Overnight, the church went from 120 to 3,120 people. God increased only the ones that follow order. Only the ones that follow order. Now, I don't even know. Psalms 37 and 23. Listen to what it says. The steps of a good man are ordered. The steps of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. We have to come to a place that we prefer to allow God to lead us than to lean to our own understanding. That's tough to do because one thing about this society, we don't want to give up rights to each other. We don't want to give up rights to structure. We don't want to give up rights to God. Now, I'll say this as I close. You can go back and read it yourself. The Bible says when Jesus fed the 5,000, it says 5,000 men. And there were women and children there. These men represented the household. These men represented household heads. He broke them down into groups of 50. That's what he said. They had, they had two fish and five loaves. And Jesus said, I'm getting ready to do a miracle in their lives. But what I need to do is I need to cause them to create order. Can you imagine 5,000 people plus women and children? Could you imagine the noise that was going on? Could you imagine the kids that were crying? They were all hungry. And you know people were angry. You get hangry whenever you, 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 you want a little something to eat. You don't want to follow no structure. You don't want to follow any order. You don't want to do nothing. It's like if you don't give me a sandwich over here right quick, it's going to be a problem. Jesus first went into that chaotic situation and created structure. And he did this with the heads of the household. Because the men represented the heads of the household. Unlike now when you don't see a lot of men as the head of the household. Back then, that was a general thing. Men was the head of the household. So Jesus caused those men to get control of their families. He was like, get, get little Johnny. Y'all sit. If you want to eat, you go over here and sit down in a group of 50. It's the same way now. When the word of God comes from on high. Because the Bible says in Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the higher power. God has a vertical order. And when the word of God comes down and it hits the fathers of those households, it is very important that your children see you pray. It's very important that your children see you read the Bible. It's very important because this is a generation that will know no Bible. This is a generation who is being fed evolution and the Big Bang Theory. This is a generation that will separate from God. And when you are born, there is only one exit, heaven or hell. There ain't no purgatory. There is no, 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 no way station. There is nowhere where you can pull on the side of the road and get your cool drink of water and wait until another judgment comes. No, it's heaven or hell. So you have to be serious about the fact that I'm going to lead my children and my household. That's why Joseph, uh, Joshua said, as for, he said, his wife didn't say it. His cousin didn't say it. Children didn't say it. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So men have to step up and become men. Men have to step up and let the women see them pray so they have confidence in your decisions. 
You might not be able to handle the finances better than them, but you need to be strong in making them. Don't always be, and she shouldn't always be saying, wait till your daddy get home. No, because you look like the tyrant now. You don't look like that loving father. He said, bring up your children in the nurture and corrective discipline of the Lord. So we have to represent a mainstay as the men and feed your family. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says it, that we should be preaching to them and teaching to them and telling them because the world is trying to feed them a bunch of garbage and we need to combat it with the word of God. It says when you're in your house, when you, by the way, if you see something on TV, correct it. If you hear something on TV, correct it. We need to be more involved instead of saying, oh, that ain't going to bother them any. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, does God order your footsteps? Ask yourself the question. It's not my standard. It's not any preacher's standard. It's not, it's God's standard. The Bible was here when your great-great-grandmama was here. The Bible's still saying the same thing. It's God's structure. It's his standard. Does he order your footsteps? Do you work where he told you to go? Do you live where he told you to go? See, all of these things you don't think make a difference, but Jehovah Jireh, where God provides, is the place he sends you. Amen? So allow God to order your footsteps and you will find success. Amen. And you will find grace in his eyes. Well, give God a hand praise. Praise God. YouTube, we're glad that you joined us today and I hope you got blessed out of the word of God. I hope you understand that God is not a tyrant. He's not out here trying to beat you down. God is just trying to give you structure. He's trying to tell you this is what's going to make your life better. And guess what? You don't have to understand it. You just need to be obedient because there are some things that are going to happen as a result of you being obedient. Right, case in point, how many of you ever went to a grocery store that had an automatic door? The door didn't open for you while you was in the car. It opened for you when you pursued the door, when you went forward to the door. Then the door opened. Some of you, God is waiting for you to go to the right place, waiting for you to pursue the door. And he said, I am the door. And God will begin to open up things in your life that you have never seen before just by being obedient. Amen. So we thank you for joining us today. I hope you were blessed by the word of God. Share this message. Share this message, like this message, and subscribe so you will know when the next video drops. We are glad that you were here with us today. We are glad if you, Jesus Terry, be with us again on Tuesday at 7 o'clock as we continue to break open the word of God. And up until that time, whatever you do, whenever you do it, and however long you choose to do it, make sure that you are doing it according to the word of God. And then at that point, you know you can. Keep it real.